the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And because it's date day, you can ask Paula any other kind of questions that you have. All you need to do is to call us. Area code 210-340-9585. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email a question by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here today. You're very welcome. So what's up? We got a phone call waiting. So just quick introduction. Say hi. And Oh, well, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for praying. I heard you say that yesterday for the pastor's wives and we had a great, great time. And um, for the next couple of Mondays, we'll be because there's 10 of us, you know, that have something to say, and we only got an hour. So for the next couple of weeks, the pastor's wives will come and share a little reflection for the for the ladies of our church. And that's on the Monday night studies? On the Monday night studies. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, before you get wound up, sure. let's, let's go to a phone call. We got Ron from Converse on line one. Ron, thanks for calling early. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Paul and Mama Paul. It's so good to to hear from you both, and it's it's a joy. Extra Thanks, Ron. Joy. When you two are together, it's like it's, it's God's plan right here, just for all of us to enjoy. And I, uh, I I knew that you would bring some clarity to the fact that there will be those that are left behind. And as far as I know, it will be possible. Uh, to make it back, make it to heaven if you've been left behind. As far as I believe I know, I know that it's going to be as difficult as a bowl of thorns and thistles to eat for those that are left behind, and the government and and the Antichrist, and it's just going to be it's going to be uh, horrendously horrible, from what I understand. And that's where we don't want to be, and that's why we are where we, where we are in the Word. Mm-hmm. But as far as those that will be left behind, what what are I need you to bring some clarity because this comes up from time to time and it becomes a point of uh, usually uh, um, there's there's different thoughts on it. But if I'm not mistaken, there'll still be a chance um, for those that are left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be beyond difficult. They might even have to give up their life. Um, and, but I understand there's going to be more that will harden their hearts, just like Pharaoh did. There's going to be that they're going to know what they have, what they had, what they could now do, but they won't. Their hearts, their hearts are going to become stone, and yet there will be a few, a remnant, even of those that were left behind, that 
that will come to Christ. And, and I just needed to hear from, from you both and, and to, to, to have you bring clarity to this uh, okay. topic. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it very, very much. I like talking about this. You know, one of the things, Paula, that that uh, we look forward to, and you've heard me say this, you know, the, the, the time after the rapture with the, the, the people that are left behind is going to be the greatest revival in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, 144,000 Jewish evangelists, mm-hmm. uh, think, think about 144,000 Apostle Pauls who can't be killed. I mean, they can't be hurt because mm-hmm. God is protecting mm-hmm. them. They're going to have supernatural power, not, not uh, you know, t- 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 huge extremes, but they're going to have power to be able to, to contend against uh, demons and, and, and the enemies of God. But um, people are going to get saved. It's going to be the most exciting time ever in the history of this world. But Ron is right because the one thing that they're going to have to do is reconcile with the fact that they're going to have to give up their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's going to be a huge number. You know, you can take all the revivals that we've had in the world up to this point, Ron, and, and they pale in comparison to the scope of this rival or, or this revival. And um, um, the, the consequence, though, for being left behind is that their life is going to be taken. Um, they're, they're the martyrs under the, the altar of God, crying out, How long, O God, do you avenge our blood? So, um, yeah, those who are left behind, unbelievers, a lot of them because of our witness, because of we, to, we talking to them about the rapture of the church, they're going to realize that they missed out and they're going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is going to be at work. It's just going to be very, very, very difficult. And they and they will give their lives. Want to add anything, Paul? Yeah, I, like you're saying, I think uh, because we've witnessed so long, because we tell our very own kids, we can't imagine heaven without you. But we also tell them when the rapture happens, um, and we're taken out of here. Remember, you still have a chance, but it's going to be difficult. So we really mm-hmm. inform them of the same question. Uh, that you're asking, Ron. We're already answering that question. So when it does happen, they'll be able to say, oh, man, Mom and Dad tried to tell us. I mean, our dad was a pastor, and we didn't pay attention. And so that's going to happen around a lot, you know. I mean, they saw the change. I'm sure your family and friends have seen the change in you too, Ron, of before you became a Christian, and now this heart, you probably didn't care about people before, and now your heart is just aching for any and everybody who will be left behind who will have to go through this. Um, they've seen that that change. And, you know, man, I, I, I weep with you for those who will be left behind and then those who harden their hearts because that eternity is just the beginning of, of a different whole great tribulation that lasts yeah. forever. Yeah, and Ron, I would add one other thing. I would add that that uh, your comment about uh, people hardening their hearts, uh, they're going to sell their soul. Literally, they're going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to know what they're doing. It's going to be a conscious, free will choice, and they're going to do it for a bowl of stew. And I, I use that metaphorically because to be able to buy and sell and eat, mm-hmm. they're going to they're have to take the mark of the beast. And I've had people arrogantly say, well, well, if you turn out to be right and the church is raptured and, and uh, I'm still here, well, then I'll believe. And I ask him the question, look, if you won't believe now while well, it costs you nothing, mm-hmm. what makes you think it's, that you're going to believe when it costs you everything mm-hmm. up to your life? Mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers of people that are going to reject Jesus Christ um, just overwhelm the numbers of people who are going to be saved. And yet... From our perspective, it's going to be um, um, a, a great revival. Uh, and, and back to my comment, Ron, I, I told Paula, uh, you know, it's so exciting. I mean, people getting saved and, and, and I mean, life is, I almost wish I could be left behind. And I know I can't be left behind, but but uh, I really don't want to be left behind. No. And, and <laughs> Pastor Ron, seriously, if you, if you pray that and the Lord would somehow say, okay, I'm going to let you go. I am not praying that with you. This That's one of those ones where Jonathan and the armor bearer, huh, you go ahead and be in the great tribulation all you want to. I'm going with my first husband on this one. 
<laughs> you know, uh, for, for everyone out there, you know, I, the criticism we get from people sometimes is, is, oh, you guys are just escapists. You want to escape tribulation. And Jesus said you have tribulation. And I keep telling them, yeah, Jesus said in this world that you will have tribulation. But he didn't say the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. He also said, pray that you would be counted worthy to escape such things. Mm-hmm. And if if Jesus wants me to pray to escape such things, I'm all for that. Me too. And so we'll we'll be out of here. <laughs> But the one thing that we can do, Ron, is leave this testimony. Um, when we're gone, the only way out of it is Jesus. It'll cost you your life, but the only way out of it is Jesus. Yep. Ron, thank you for the call. I appreciate it very, very much. Mm-hmm. Okay, Paul, it's your day. Okay. I'm going to take a nap. Go ahead. <laughs> Just put, put your thing on recliner. No. Um, I also want to remind everybody, too, because it's coming so fast. Well, we have two weeks now? Oh, no, it's, it's two weeks from Saturday. Yeah, two weeks and two, yeah, and two yeah. days, huh? Yeesh, joy yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. One day and a wake-up after those two weeks, that's right. One day and a wake-up, and joy of Jesus is coming, and um, the church is all excited. Even those people who, you know, they've never been to one, they're like, I'm going this year. <laughs> I've heard about it. I don't know what to expect, but I'm going. So, yeah. Yeah, next week, Paul, on one day, we're going to have Pastor Juan on. Pastor Juan Aww. is our Joy of Jesus pastor, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, about uh, Joy of Jesus. And, and honestly, we're a little bit nervous because we haven't done it for a couple of years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And the city surprised us a little bit and granted us the permit. And so, we, you know, we're, we're a little ill-prepared, even though we've done this for 23 or 4 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little ill-prepared. We're trying to put a lot together quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, um, for all of you in the audience, we'd love to see you out there. You want to have your mind blown and see um, the Holy Spirit work through the church. Uh, Travis Park, October the 22nd from mm-hmm. 11 o'clock until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's an amazing demonstration of the love of God. And uh, there'll be thousands of people at the park. Um, um, hundreds and hundreds of people from Calvary Chapel serving. <laughs> and uh, it's always a neat time. So mm-hmm. put that on your calendar. We would love to see you. Yeah. You know what I just thought of? I better get my, I got Apple TV so I could put my uh, my dance routines on there because the Calvary kids, Calvary kids, I emphasize the kids, <laughs> Bible school dancers will be performing at the, and so I better get myself together, right? <laughs> You know, because I'm old, the kids they have no problem remembering all the moves. Me, I gotta see, see him again, start getting in some shape. My left hip already hurts today. So, you know, the the, the just for general information uh, to, to put out there, Paula, we'll we'll have uh, food, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give away clothing, so much clothing, and really, really nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ministering primarily to the homeless population down there, but there's lots of people that will be there that, that aren't there, and they get ministered to as well. But we'll give people haircuts for some of the people. Um, uh, that, that, to me, is the most fascinating place to hang out mm-hmm. because you get to see a physical transformation yeah. while, they're, while we're talking to them about Jesus. And the people are really grateful. Um, makeovers with makeup and nails and mm-hmm. things like that for mm-hmm. the ladies. And some of the men come out there and want their nails and stuff done, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, um, uh, but but our, our, our multi-medical clinic will be out there, our staff. Um, um, we'll, we'll we have provide. some massage people, too. Yeah, massage they, they people. They bring their little chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I I love the fact that our doctors go out there and nurses and and they take care of people in the homeless population and people that aren't taken care of every year they mm-hmm. end up sending people uh, to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. So it's this very thing we have we give away free bikes uh, and and make bike repairs for those down there that have bikes. And when we say we give away free bikes, um, we can give away hundreds and hundreds. We just don't have don't time have for only time. 40, 50 bikes will be given away. And to the homeless, that's mm-hmm. a, a wonderful, wonderful blessing. But food, coffee, worship teams will be out there. Uh, we'll have some performers. The the, the the people out at the park, Paul, they like rap mm-hmm. and, and hip-hop. <laughs> so we'll have some of our people out there doing that. Um, Pastor Juan will give the the gospel message in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just really uh, uh, an amazing time, and it's it really has to be seen to be believed. Yeah, and everything is free. Everything's free. Everything is free. That's awesome. All right, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about. Oh, we I didn't say the clown ministry. 
Ooh, the clown ministry. Yeah, we have clowns mm-hmm. and, and yeah. stuff like that. If and, you need and, eyeglasses. Yeah. And by the way, we also have a secure place, a super secure place for your kids. Yeah. So you can check your kids in. They'll have fun, play games all afternoon, mm-hmm. and you can be out in the park serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, um, so it's family thing. Mm-hmm. It's family family day. It's a great day. Okay, so our, I'm not going to give you a whole lot on on our pastor's wives retreat because we're going to be doing some reflection time and people can tune in on Monday nights, but um, no pressure. And so yesterday, I didn't get to listen to the radio program Monday or Tuesday, but I did get to listen to it yesterday. No, you said no pressure. You didn't say what that is. No pressure is the theme. With the theme, the theme of your... Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, and so our running thing for the pastor's wives is you do you because we're all so different. And my favorite word, of course, is unique. And so yesterday, uh, listening to the radio program, talking about Elijah and Elisha, you know, they both love the Lord. They love the calling on their lives, but they're so different. And they're unique, one from the other, except for their name, you know, just a couple, one letter different, and then it's in different, you know, uh, order. So Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, and Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H. But they're so different. Um, but there's no pressure on either one of them to be. And Elisha um, served under Elijah for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And and yet they maintain the, the, the difference in their personalities mm-hmm. and in their style. Mm-hmm. Same as Pastor Ron and, and his crazy wife. <laughs> you know, there was a time. Honestly, we could not be more different. Yeah. We could in not in be all different. kind of ways, huh? Yeah. Just pretty much every way, right? Yeah. But we're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. And so we're Elijah and Elisha. Um, yeah, you're white, I'm black. You're s- super smart. You remember everything. I'm I'm wise, but I don't remember whole, a whole lot. So we're different that way. But no, I, I wouldn't put myself down too bad. But we're just different. You're not so funny. And, you know. I I'm, crack me up. Really? I crack me up. Uh-huh. I'm funny. Not very often, though. Just nobody else gets it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Seriously, I walk around most day laughing. Yeah? Yeah. But but hmm. nobody nobody else gets it, so yeah. I keep it to myself. Yeah. I can see pretty good, and you can't. I mean, we. you, you will say, that looks like so-and-so. I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, if you say so, but, you know, um, but you you can hear really well, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so we complement each other very well. You, I, you know, yeah. Anyway, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was a little more uh, serious, and you know, just he loved people, but it just didn't seem like it. Yeah, it didn't seem like it at all. And and he he didn't want to be around people. He 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 spent time alone. Elisha is exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a guy here one time says, Pastor Ron, do you have to like people to be a pastor? <laughs> yeah, you do. you got to love them. Um, but Elisha wanted to be with the people. And in, in sort of a different way, I have that personality where I like to be around people. When at church, it's, it's family reunion time for me. You know, for you, because you've studied, and I know you, there's a spiritual warring going on because the enemy hates you. I'll just let you know. The enemy hates you because you're bringing God's word, his heart, and his mind, um, wanting people to get it. You used to say that all the time. I want you to get it, you know, knowing how much the Lord has for you. Um, That obedience nets rewards, and you would just say, if you will, like, with Cain and Abel, if you will do what's right, will it, will it not go well with you? That's what you're trying to say. And me, I have the, the personality of being around the people to, to say, you heard what he said. Now, come on, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. Where with you, if you say, just do it, it's kind of like, I know he means well. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard. And so the crazy lady with the personality of, come on, let's make it fun in doing this. You know, I've, I've always been amazed. I say something and people automatically take it the wrong way. 
You say something I get punched for, <laughs> and people just love you for it. Mm, it's, that's just the way just, the Lord has made. Thank us. you, Paula, for being real. But but see, that's good. We we have different gifts, complementary gifts, and we use them. Um, for me, this is this is a battleground. Yeah, you know, this is this is war, yeah. and um, I, I'm I'm serious about what I do. I enjoy it. I love it, and I love the people. Yeah. But but this this is uh, for me like a football game. You know, once the the, the ball gets kicked off, mm-hmm. uh, it's war. Yeah. And and I want people to understand the seriousness of it. Yeah. And you you have the gift of bringing a, a lightness to it that that God has used remarkably over the years. And you do and say some things that I'm just shaking my head. I think, oh Lord, I could never do that or say that. <laughs> and and He uses it over and over and over. And I really wish I was more like you. Um, and I'm starting to be a little bit more, you know, like I told you today, I want to be uh, more serious, less of me in it, you know, because I realize I got this personality that he gave me, but I still, it still should be him living his personality out through me. I don't want any of me, uh, really, like, you know, I'm kind of ghetto, Um and I guess that's okay sometimes, but there's other times when it's like, be sure that you're rightly representing the Lord. Don't let any of the, what you perceive as your personality being used by the Lord um, is the important thing. You do understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think you're ghetto at all, so you, you don't, you, not, no, I, I don't agree with that statement. Yeah. But but it just, your your seriousness is different than mine. Okay. And you have a personality. I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I, you, have, you have a style. I have none. You do, too. So it's just, just one of those things. Paula, let's okay. take a break. We got Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, sir. Hi, ma'am. What does the Bible say about, I heard these commercials on the radio, even on the Christian stations, about investing in precious silver and gold. Because the dollar value is going down, so what does the Bible say? My, my well, I'm going to tell you what I feel. I feel I don't. I feel like I only need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't need to worry about my finances or whatever. I know that we pay our tithes and offerings according to God's, you know, according to what God wants me to do. So I don't know what is that. What is, you know. I just I just hear that a lot, and they're, and they're trying to scare people. I think this is what they're trying to do. They're, they're scaring people. Yeah, Jimmy, scaring people works, and and so uh, I, I think the thing to remember when you're hearing commercials, they're designed to manipulate. They're designed to sell, and um, 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 it, it's it, it's always been that way. It'll always be that way. And our responsibility, as you point out, is simply be good stewards over that which God has entrusted to us. Um, but um, e- even on Christian programming, uh, I am frustrated beyond description <laughs> when I talk about or hear hear pastors uh, trying to sell their their books or get people to donate. Uh, they come up with exactly. scams, so it, it's just the same thing. It, it's it's uh, in capitalism, it's it's our it's our way. Uh, I just think that as Christians, we ought to be in a different place. But uh, you will always see, especially when there's wars or rumors of wars, you'll always find people who are trying to capitalize on it and investing in gold and silver, other precious metals, has always been something to do. And uh, right now, and I'm not an expert, so I, I'll kind of stay out of the opinion on this thing other than I wish we wouldn't do those kind of commercials on Christian programming. However, I will say this. Um, it is my opinion that uh, this is the worst time ever to invest in precious metals and silver and gold in particular because they're so high now. And Amen things, and hallelujah. Yeah, and if things if things uh, drop out, we're, we're going to be in a place where people are going to be left holding the bag. Now, gold is a good investment. It always has been. Silver, at times in my life, I used to invest in silver when I had a lot of money because silver was really, really cheap and there was a lot of growth potential. But uh, as believers, uh, Jimmy, I think we can all take your counsel. Trust in Jesus. Be faithful with what he's given us. Uh, it's, we should be planning for the future. That's part of occupying until Jesus comes. 
but the, the reality is that uh, we're too easily manipulated as Christians by the marketing techniques of this world, and we are the people that ought to be more impervious to it. So, Jimmy, that's that's you're going to see it's going to get worse as we get closer to the election and to our shame as Christians, to our shame. We're too gullible and too vulnerable in that process. Jimmy, thank you very, very much. Now, Paula, we're just a uh, just a little bit over one minute left in this half of the program. So we'll shake it from here and then we'll go over the break and carry it over. I'm with Jimmy because I'm thinking as as the election is coming. More and more political commercials, of course. And now when I turn on the even my Christian radio programs, the pastors are talking about politics, how to vote, you know, and all this kind of stuff instead of talking about Jesus. It's just I've, I've been turning down the volume. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have too. Um, yeah. So, babe, do, are Christian radio stations owned by Christians? Because I know a whole lot of Christian bookstores back in my day yeah. weren't even owned by Christians. Yeah. By and large, are owned by corporations. Corporations. And, um, and in many cases, not run at all by Christians. So uh, that's the business world. There you go. Okay. Well, Paula, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Word to Santa for Life, the date day show. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh to the second half of our date day show paula we had some calls and i talked too much so i'm going to give you just take the ball and run with it what's up no i'm asking a question oh hi <laughs> <laughs> hey, where are you going okay i was just gonna take a walk or something i don't know I love the question yesterday. Uh, I think it was a gentleman who called in saying, I, I like looking well, looking good. Is that, you know, is that sin or is that, you know? Uh, he wanted to know if vanity is oh, a sin. Oh, vanity. Yeah. Vanity is a sin. That's right. And so he wanted to, I love how you said, no. I think we, we especially Christians, should, everybody really, but Christians should look nice. And I, I don't know if you said smell nice, but I, I put down smell nice yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, for me, um, and here I am back to me, I don't usually let you see me looking the same when you left the house as when you come back. Yeah, I mean, you're my, you're my husband, and we've been married 50 years. <laughs> but you're still my boyfriend, you know. I, I want to still look good and smell good for you. And so, yeah, look nice, smell nice, and... Just because, you know, the the world might think, oh, well, whatever. I just get up, do my own thing. Especially after COVID, where you just, I see people going outside in their lounging outfits. In their pajamas? In their house slippers and stuff like, hello. Um, but no, we should, we should put in an effort to look nice and to smell nice, especially Christians. I mean, who wants to run up against somebody who's, just not not caring. Well, I, I told you, we, we, we talked about this in another context. I don't understand people that don't care how they look. Yeah. I just don't understand that. You want to do the best you can. You know, you get a car, you wash it because it looks crummy dirty. And um, you, you have a house, you clean it mm -hmm. because, well, it needs to be clean. Mm -hmm. and, and the same thing is true about J. Vernon McGee used to say, you know, if the barn needs paint, paint it, mm -hmm. when he'd get these questions about women wearing makeup. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I'll, I'll never be, I, I like to understand where people are coming from. I simply cannot understand people that just don't care how they look. It's just not a big deal mm -hmm. for them. And whether they comb their hair before they go out or whether their clothes match or anything like that, I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Different yeah. different strokes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of, what? <laughs> yeah, no. Sir or ma'am, whoever wrote that question in, good job. <laughs> <laughs> you my best friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, last night's study, I, I really, I, I absolutely loved it because you started out saying, of course, God is love, and but he's also holy and just. But the part I really loved starting out was God is trying to call people back to himself. And, you know, having this platform of this live radio program and Christians maybe um, staying at home, maybe some have uh, sinned so much that they don't think God's arms are still open wide to them, you know, and he's calling them back to himself, yes, to himself to repent and um, have fellowship with him again in praying, but he also is calling them back to himself to be back in fellowship. Um, and so I, I love how you started off and that he people need to know that he's not mad, but he's sad. Yeah, and Paul, even the consequences that we face, God, God is is um, is both good and stern. Mm-hmm. Uh, he disciplines those he loves. And and the purpose in disciplining us is to let us have to deal with the consequences um, so we get to a place where we have no one to turn to except him. Mm-hmm. And that's God being kind to us. And too often we take the approach that, well, well, I can't believe God's not answering my prayers. I can't believe God let this happen to me or that happen to me. It's just God saying, no, 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 I'm still here. I'm out here. And the story began with the Shunammite um, just coming back into the picture. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, chronologically, it didn't go where it, where it is in mm-hmm. 2 Kings chapter 8. But there's a reason the Holy Spirit puts it there. And and because in, in the first six verses of chapter 8, uh, it's God is so good. God is so good. I can't believe God takes care of us this well. And then from chapter or verse seven through the rest of the chapter and, and most of the rest of the book of Second Kings, God is going to be judging people because He loves His people and He's calling them back. He sends prophet after prophet to them. They don't listen to the prophets, so they reap what they sow. But there's always that one motivation: I want my people to come back to me. Mm-hmm. And um, we struggle with why is God so nice in the New Testament? Jesus, the Lamb of God, who died for the sins of the world. Grace, grace, grace. But why is he so mean in the Old Testament? It's exactly the same God. And in Mm -hmm. 2 Kings chapter 8, we saw both of those personality traits uh, on display. Mm -hmm. That's in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the New Testament, the Old Testament God... Um, same God. Yeah, and, and in fact, we see that we, in the New Testament, we see uh, Jesus who, who didn't come to judge the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Mm-hmm. Jesus who was patient and unwilling that any should perish. Mm-hmm. And then we see Jesus of Revelation chapter 19 who comes and destroys his enemies with a word. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, it's the same God, mm-hmm. and, and we just sort of categorize him differently according to what we feel emotionally he needs to do for us at the time. And I think that's one of the reasons I think 2 Kings 8 was so important. I love the Old Testament. I used to think, you know, Revelation was spooky, but I always loved the Old Testament thinking, okay, except for that part when, you know, he killed babies and children, I mean, babies and and the women. I'm thinking, well, they didn't do anything. But then to understand his character was those who are innocent, the babies, never would experience, you know, idol worshiping, and they would be with Jesus forever. And um, the people who were adults made their decisions. So I understood, you know. And and he waited on the adults until their sin was full. Yeah. Meaning there was no turning back. Mm-hmm. So what God did by judging them in the in the in the Canaan. Um, um, expedition mm-hmm. um, what God did by judging them was was allow those children who had they been allowed to grow up would have been idol worshiping and spend eternity in hell mm-hmm. he allowed those children to come to heaven mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of what you were talking about last night too that um, Ahab and his children just did evil after evil and they just passed well Ahab and Jezebel's kids I mean <laughs> and he had they had and he had a good dad so it's just so weird how you can have all the right things. You can 
You know, and we say this, people will say this all the time. I grew up in a Christian home, and yet their lives are just horrible. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and yet I'm living like this. God knows me. He knows my heart. Well, we need to be living the life. You'll, I'm sure you'll hear this in some of the pastor's wives' testimonies of their husbands who just took a stand for the Lord, and as a result, their kids totally know. Um, like Ron's call, if if they, for some reason, down the line, make the wrong choice and never repent, um, it's not going to be on these dads. And the, the wives, the mothers, are grateful that their husbands are so, I want a hair, well done, good and faithful servant. So they're taking their, it's not their job, they're taking the responsibility to lead their families to Christ each and every day. You know, Paula, one of the things, I, I made people upset last night, I might as well make the radio audience upset. <laughs> one of the things that Second Kings 8 gave me the opportunity to do is, is to talk about parenting yep. a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, the, the Bible, Old Testament and New, goes out of its way to talk about the dangers of unequally yoked relationships. And and yet, in our church culture, it's almost as though it doesn't really matter. Mm. And and I told the parents last night, it's their responsibility. It's their obligation to God and to the kids um, that they should never allow their children to date unbelievers. Period. Well, it's only high school, they say, you know. I don't want the kids to, to hate them. And it, it's, it's your responsibility. These kids grow up very quickly. They're going to go out on their own. They're going to make choices, some good, many bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the parents' job is to make sure that the bad choices are not their fault. Yeah. And uh, we've got to say no. And, and you know, the fact that we allow our kids unfettered access to social media, um, um, we, we allow them to date unbelievers, um, why would we be surprised if they fall in love with one? And, and when unbelieving kids, even though they're raised in church, um, go out with, or, or or even professing Christian kids are are with unbelieving kids. They do what unbelieving kids do, and and why are we surprised? I get so frustrated. I had a parent. Um, um, this was not directly to me, but through somebody to me. Um, say, well, you know, I know my daughter uh, is is not living for God, and I know that she's doing the wrong things, but. You know, she answered an altar call and got baptized. So I'm counting on God to to to, to take that into account. Mm. That that doesn't work. <laughs> no, that just doesn't work. Sorry, As parents, pumpkin. we've got to accept the responsibility mm-hmm. for the condition, the spiritual condition of our children. And if your kids don't like you because of it, tough. Yeah. And and we that's our job to be their parent, not their friend. Yeah. And eternity is a long time. I'd rather spend eternity with, for instance, Ronnie. When he said, oh, mom, you know, I did that altar call thing. Basically, that kind of an attitude. I did that altar call thing. I said, boy, you have never lived a day for the Lord. You know, well, mom, why are you busting my bubble? Because I'd rather your bubble be bust here than when you get to heaven. And everybody will get there because every knee will bow and every tongue confess. I don't want you to confess, oh, man, my mom talked about Jesus, the real Jesus, and here, I'm hearing, depart from me, you doer of iniquity, yeah. I never knew you. You know, Paula, the parents that allowed their children to make their own choices, uh, allowed their children to um, determine what church they want to go to or even if they want to go to church, um, um, give their kids the freedom to um, do what they want instead of enforcing that they do what God wants. Uh, those parents are going to stand before the Lord one day. And he's going to say, how could you do this? I gave you stewardship over this child, and you didn't lead this child to me. And, um, you know, it's it's a tragedy. And yet, when I talk about these things, I can see the glazed over look in people's eyes um, when I'm talking about it. Because it's like, oh, it's come on, get real. This is a different world that we live in. Mm -hmm. But... um, 
It's not. It's not. Yes, not for Christians. And again, I'll go back to the beginning of the study last night. God's trying to call people back to himself. So there's always a remnant. And I pray that some people in the listening audience are listening and understanding that, yeah, you may have blown it, but you're still alive. And there, it's today is the day to start to do what is right. Um, you know, we need to get back to two genders, not 91 plus, but... It's not going to happen, but in a Christian home, it can. It, 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 not only it can, it has to. Yeah. It just has to. It's our responsibility as parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your, your children have no rights as long as they live in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, they earn rights. They earn privileges. They earn trust. Uh, and it's a great thing when, when the family's walking after Jesus and you really can't trust your children. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If we allow them to misbehave and there's no correction, there's no discipline, then we are, according to the, the New Testament, we're not loving them uh, at all. Um, God disciplines those he loves, and he's our model for parenting. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a, a really, really sad thing that we have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Well, going on, um, you were, we were... You know, when we get into trials, and this is what some of the pastor's wives we were talking about, too. When we go through trials, um, remembering all the good things that the Lord has already done for us. You know, because uh, we need to be reminded, because uh, Peter says, I know you know these things, but I need to remind you. And I'm going to be faithful to remind you all the time. Because when we're in that trial, we forget that the Lord has prepared us for the trial we're in. By the trials we've already been through, that he's brought us through. I loved how you said um, last night as well. Um, you just kind of stopped the message and said, just like the song we sang, he will not fail you. Whatever you're going through right now, God won't fail you. He will bring you through. And man, how encouraging was that? And so to remember whoever's going through a trial— <clears throat> to look back and to see how good God has been in the past because we can get, or the enemy can get our mind so focused on the trial itself. It's like, what has God done for me lately? Or why is he letting this happen to me? That's, I thought that's he what would he tried never... to do with Jesus in the wilderness temptation. <laughs> mm-hmm, uh-huh. I thought he would never give me more than we can handle. I, you know, that's, that scripture, um, I used to think that it's gonna, it, it sounded like if he gave me anything, it was going to be easy. Um, because, you know, I'll be able to skate through this. That's not what that says. It's saying he's not going to give me <laughs> any more than I can surrender to him that he can handle for me. It's like, Lord, you know my weakness. But that this scripture came up many times, too. In my weakness, he is made strong. When I can say, okay, God, I can't, I can't figure out how to fix this. I can't figure it out. And you said last night, too, just as God controls nature, he also controls the circumstances. So why would I try to take control myself? I can't fix it. I can't fix it. But, Lord, you have me here in this trial at this time for my benefit and your glory. Romans eight twenty eight. And that song, when you said that last night, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, and I'm talking about the Lord, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I have to remind myself of that, and the pastor's wives and us together were reminding ourselves of that very thing and how encouraging it was. You know, one of the things that that is frustrating for me, Paul, is that we look at trials when we're in them like it's something unusual. Um, you know, the, the the New Testament writers said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't unusual. Mm-hmm. Don't don't look at this as like you're the only one going through it. Mm-hmm. This is normative. Yeah. Trials in life, saved or unsaved, yeah. trials in life. Mm-hmm. The difference is we who belong to Jesus don't have to go through those trials alone, mm-hmm. and the rest of the world does. And And I think as Christians, we need to stop praying to be delivered from trials. <laughs> we just need to get close to Jesus and... And watch his power deliver us through the trial. Mm-hmm. And, and trials, Jesus went through them. The apostles went through them. Um, you read Second Corinthians 11 and 12 and see what Paul endured. Um, you know, we don't really go through those kind of trials. Mm-hmm. 
We think it's a trial when somebody looks at us crossways or when somebody misunderstands us. The reality is trials in a fallen world are ordinary. Mm. No temptation, no test is another mm. word that can be used, has seized you except that which is common to man. And so everybody's going through them. Why do we think our trials are special? I, I mean, we all want goosebump experiences with the Lord, mm-hmm. but uh, goosebumps are infrequent. Um, trials are not. Mm-hmm. And I think we've just got to be able to say, okay, Lord, here we are. And I'm going to keep my eyes on you and I'm going to keep on walking. And the problem is that we focus so much on the trial. Uh, we're experiencing that here at the church with so many new people coming from different church backgrounds and some of them from no church backgrounds at all. And it's like they, they walk in like deer with the yeah, headlight. headlight look. <laughs> and and it's like, I can't believe I'm going through what I'm going through. Well, why? Instead of looking at the trial, let's look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do nothing apart from mm-hmm. him. Jesus himself said that. Um, and, and so we, we just sort of think, and you alluded to this earlier, you just sort of think that, that uh, a trial is something we can just skate through because God's going to give us this supernatural little bubble. Mm-hmm. It's like being wrapped in bubble wrap mm-hmm. spiritually. Yeah. And, and he, that's, not, that's not the way God does. He yeah. takes those trials and he uses them to test our faith, yeah. to test, test the mm-hmm. genuineness mm-hmm. or the sincerity of our faith. Mm-hmm. And to make us more like him. You know, Paul called it sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. And instead of when we're going through something really hard and saying, okay, Jesus, I'm sharing now in your experiences, um, we actually get angry. Why, why, why am I going through this? Mm-hmm. Why don't you deliver me from this? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is simply would look at you and say, it's because I'm making you more like me. Yeah. Isn't that what you pray for? Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we all pray for that. Mm-hmm. Make me more like you, Lord. Make me more like you. Oh, yes. It's like going to the gym, you know. When I go to the gym and I work out really hard and I'm sore, this is what I say. It's a good soreness. But when I'm going through spiritual trials it's like (laughs) you know but he's developing spiritual muscles in us so that we can be used like to be able to turn around and say I can comfort you with the comfort I have received from Christ because again like you said last night you'll you'll make it through Um, and to be reminded that um, God is always at work uh, and then to not go through trials alone unless you just insist um, it's just very encouraging so anyways developing spiritual muscles and and who really likes trials nobody likes them but and, and it's not one of those things well bring it on lord because i want spiritual muscles no lord prepare me <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> immaturity yeah <laughs> pre-prepare me so that when the trial Hits. Remember the story I, I, I told about the, the guy at Bible college who said, oh, yeah. um, pray for trials for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? He said, because you see what trials produce? Romans chapter 5, you see what all that? And I said, no, no, no. I'm not going to pray for trials for you. Believe me, they will come. Yeah. And don't you be praying trials for me. Yeah. I'll just take them as they get here. Yeah. But just remembering what God has already done. In, in those trials, when you get to the other side, you'll be able to emphasize his greatness, his goodness, his kindness, I love that, and his eagerness to restore. You know, even when those trials that come are self-inflicted, you know, we did something we knew we shouldn't, and now we have some consequences to pay. Um, the Lord is still so eager to restore if we'll just do the first John 1, 9. If you're faithful to confess, Lord, I knew, I knew, you warned me so many times, Lord, I knew, and yet I went ahead and did what I wanted to do anyway. That requires humility, that's why it's really hard for us, I don't want to admit I'm wrong, I don't want God to know I'm wrong, he knows everything. He knows everything. And his arms are outstretched to you. Yeah. So, Paula, now we, we, this time, this half hour's gone so fast, we've got, we're inside three minutes, Mm so. Just keep short accounts with the Lord, you know, when you blow it, you know it, and so just say, Lord. And he knows it too. <laughs> and when you do that, no excuses. No excuses. Lord, I blew it. Not I blew it, but mm-hmm. or well, here's why I did it. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. That's 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 not confession. Genuine. Yeah. Yeah. 
but just just keep short accounts, yep. accept responsibility, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then accept grace. Yeah, I know. I, I love like it. That. No pressure. Yeah. yeah, you accept the grace. There's no pressure. You just keep on. And he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace to you all out there. If you're in a mess right now because you caused it, just repent. The Lord's arms are open wide. He's That's what he's waiting for. You go, oh, my baby, I was just waiting for you to, you know, confess this. I know it already, but you need to confess it. And I just want to hug you and kiss you and pick you up and start over again. And, and you know, Paul, confession wouldn't take long. The same thing, thing is true with prayer. Confession wouldn't take us so long as, and, and prayer wouldn't take so long if we wouldn't be trying to explain to God why we did all the things <laughs> that we're doing or explain yeah. all the circumstances. That's right. You know? Yeah, somebody was saying that. Yeah, in fact, you said that the other day. Lord, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm so sorry, huh? Yeah. Let me stop. Just thank you, Lord. Or yeah, we were we were walking and praying together, uh, uh. and I'm just thinking, Lord, I'm why am I explaining to you this stuff? <laughs> you know all this stuff, and I think we explain some things because we think it's like, okay, well, God will understand my excuses. He'll go easy on me or something. <laughs> no, God wants to go easy on you. Just confess it, yeah. and then accept the forgiveness that comes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we get Thursdays now. Before I used to be mad. <laughs> Because I was nervous about being on a radio show. I'm just glad it's not TV. Because <laughs> a lot of times when you guys ask questions out there, I just say to Pastor Ron, this was all yours, sir. <laughs> Don't ask me I'm, to say anything. But it, it's fun. And I hope you guys were encouraged. We love you. We love the calling God has on our life. And we hope we're here for many more years. Okay, make another note, uh, October 22nd, Joy of Jesus at Travis Park, downtown San Antonio, uh, from 11 o'clock until 3 o'clock. We would love to see you down there, and uh, you will be blessed, I promise you that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. This has been the Date Day Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 Word. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.